welcome to the MPV podcast. So today we've got a special interview that we're really excited about. Um, Isaac put it together, so thank you, my man. Um, but let me drop a couple intros here for this individual, even though this person really doesn't need an introduction. Nope. Um, but if I say to you, took FSU, Florida State University, to their first national championship, if I said Heisman Trophy winner, hmm. right? If I said this individual played 11 years in the NBA, and oh, by the way, you may not know this, but this individual was also drafted by the Brewers for the Major League Baseball, or at least was being sought after for Major League Baseball, <laughs> and didn't even play baseball after high school because this person's basically just an absolute unit, you'd be right if you guessed Charlie Ward. So uh, I just, that's the introduction. And super uh, impressed with the fact that Isaac was able to get him in here and super grateful, uh, Charlie, that you took the time to come in here. Before we jumped into it, we were saying, you know, the ties for Noble Path Ventures and what Charlie is doing, which we'll get into. Um, developing better humans and, and leading and trying to cultivate youth, cultivate just humans, individuals who are trying to grow. Um, so that's where we're going today. Yeah, and, and I and I gotta say, I've known Charlie for a few years now, and that's why I think it's what's awesome is yes, a lot of people know him for his accolades, but I think what I've appreciated Charlie through the years is authenticity, how he truly loves people, how he loves the the calling that he has in his life. Um, and, and, and what God's blessed him with and go, what God's brought him through to be where he's at today. So I think, I, I know Charlie as, as a friend um, before I know him as an athlete, but it's awesome to, again, and, and we all have stories, right, where God's taken us from and where we are now, and it's exciting that we have him here today and to hear his heart of where God's uh, brought him through and where he's at now and just to hear a little bit more of who Charlie is and who he was and how God's using them, so I'm excited about yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. And Charlie, if you don't mind, maybe a great place for the listeners, because a lot of people know your accolades and uh, are probably thinking, what's Charlie doing today? Um, would you mind just talking to us a little bit about kind of what you're doing these days, how you're impacting people these days, um, and just get us caught up. Uh, what's Charlie up to these days? Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, this is, you know, a great opportunity for me to uh, chop it up with a few brothers uh, that have done done a lot and accomplished a lot um, here in the Tallahassee area. Just not here, but, you know, globally. Mm. So always good to be able to uh, rub elbows with high-powered uh, individuals. So I appreciate you guys having me. Appreciate you. Um, but my wife and I, uh, I coach high school basketball. I'm at Florida High, Florida State University School. I'm the head boys basketball coach. <clears throat> and so I'm over all of the programs. We have a JV program and a middle school program, which they won last night. Uh, so grateful for them. Congrats. Ooh, that's awesome, yeah. They're 4-0. Uh, we haven't started yet. Our first preseason game is uh, next Thursday, I do believe. It's November 16th. Okay. Um, so we have a couple of games. We're playing a jamboree. Uh, but um, so I'm doing that. Been doing that for the past six years, coaching basketball. Um, before that, I coached football for nine and a half years or so. Mm. Uh, so I've been dibbling and dabbling as high school. I've been dibbling and dabbling at the head coach, head coaching spot 
and my wife and I are running our family foundation. Actually, we have a, a championship breakfast uh, that we that we're doing tomorrow, <laughs> uh, Thursday. Okay. Uh, and we're honoring some local champions, uh, Dr. Uh, the late Dr. A.D. Brickler, mm. uh, who just passed away, uh, his wife, and uh, Dr. Tom Haney okay. uh, are being honored uh, for the Ann and Bobby Bowden Family Legacy Award. And we're honoring Coach Sue awesome. Simurai uh, for the ex- distinguished uh, uh, award. Yeah. Um, so we're awesome. doing uh, honoring them, and then I get a chance to do a chalk talk with uh, David Ross, um, who good friends of mine, and uh, I don't want to talk about <laughs> the raw deal uh, that he got, but uh, he's handled it well, better than I did. Uh, but um, so we're getting an opportunity to be able to talk to those uh, honor, and also get a chance to talk to those legends, but. Our foundation, essentially, you know, we, do, we, we support youth character development okay. and uh, disaster relief for our two missions. And we've done a lot of work, not just here recently, but in the past. Uh, we've done Feed the Children. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a golf tournament for March of Dimes. Uh, we've done a lot of different things. We had basketball camps. We started or helped start a um, Christian uh, movement at the All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Uh, we call it Slamming Jam and Jubilee, which is an outreach, mm-hmm. uh, Christian outreach at the All-Star Weekend. That's a whole other story. Uh, but now we're looking to use our foundation to make an impact here in the Tallahassee community with bringing uh, local, regional, and national events to, to town. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, thinking about what you're doing and how you're impacting the youth. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but on this podcast, and I looked before we came on today, we actually have quite a few uh, youth that actually follow and watch our podcast, and and they listen. They listen for nuggets, leadership nuggets. They listen mm-hmm. for applicability to their lives. How can I use what I'm hearing on this podcast? Um, and one of the things that that we had thought about was. Um, just asking you some questions about kind of your foundations, how you, wh- how you were raised, how that impacted your level of discipline, commitment, uh, but also um, how that helps you handle pressure in life. Uh, how are you coaching these youth that you're working with in relation to pressure, managing pressure, managing what's going on in their environment around them, uh, integrity, you know, quality of the, the human. You know, talk to us about what's big in your world right now, what you're seeing, how you're developing these people, what, what problems are you seeing, and, um, and then how are you kind of you using the base that you got as a child watching your dad or watching your mom and growing up to, to kind of apply that to these challenges? Well, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, like I said, we, we are sponges, um, and people are leading us uh, to leading us by <laughs> the things that we see, uh, the things that we hear. And I was blessed to be able to have two parents in the household. Yeah. They were working. Um, it's actually seven seven kids. Wow. Uh, but there wasn't a day I didn't see my dad get up and go to work. Yeah. You know, he was always on time. Uh, even when we didn't want to get up and move, he, <laughs> he, got, <laughs> he, us, was he got up and moved <laughs> yeah. uh, us. And so 
he didn't miss he didn't miss work. Um, that was something he prided himself on, and and so that mindset carried over because I saw it every day. Yeah, um, he was a coach as well as a teacher, and even to this day, you know, we run run into people uh, that he taught or coached um, all these years later, and the impact that he made on them uh, in the classroom and as a coach. Um, I got a chance to see it um, because I was around a lot. But just to hear them um, share how he's made an impact on them uh, was something that it's hard to not replicate uh, when you're around it. Um, And so when we start talking about, you know, the kids that we coach um, or the young men (laughs) uh, that we coach, it's uh, important to put them in situations where – they have to learn how to um, apply or overcome pressure, uh, put them in different situations. I also am talking through other situations. That's one of the things that we consistently do as coaches is you know, talking them through different situations on how to handle uh, certain things. So when the game comes, they at least understand or know what to do. And then you have to put them, like I said, put them in those situations. You know, we do a lot of do some situational uh, things in practice to help prepare them uh, for that game. Um, Because a lot of times if you're not in that situation, once the game comes, it's going to be very, very tough to um, to 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 make it happen. And so we just want to make sure that uh, when we're talking about leadership, we're doing what we're supposed to do to help our young people. Uh, develop and grow uh, in their leadership skills as well. You know, we we talk tirelessly to um, we talk about situations. Right. We had a situation where a young man in class wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, and he was disrupting class and what have you. And so we just asked, you know, who's in his who's in his teammates' class? And there's a young uh, fella that was a little bit younger. Uh, the guy that was acting up was in 11th grade, and the guy that was in his class was in ninth grade. And so I just challenged him. I was like, why don't you say something to him? That's mm. awesome. Pretty and nice. he felt like awesome. he was too young yeah. to be able to say something to the guy. And I was like, well, you're a teammate, one. And two, uh, leadership doesn't, right. doesn't There's a boundary to, there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if there's something that needs to be addressed, address it. Yeah, you know it doesn't have to be out in the middle of every, everyone, but at least share with the your teammate. Hey, man, that, that's not the way we roll. Yeah, and so just trying to help them, you know, understand that leadership doesn't have an age. So let me ask this question on that on that scenario there. How was the older, uh, the other kid? How, how was he receptive to what you said? Well, they're all. I mean, they they listen. Like our, we're blessed to be able to have coachable kids, yeah. Yeah. Uh, great parents. Uh, so the issue wasn't, you know, accepting it in a sense. It was more so just a learning for him as well. I mean, he had to do some encouragements uh, to help him in front of the group because we want – he was the first time, this is the first time we've had some of this, and we have a new group. Um, and, and the culture that we've established was – a lot of it was from the old group. And so, you know, in each year, teams are different. We have new players that that, that join the group. 
And so we just have to make sure that we keep the culture, the culture of um, what it's going to take to be successful. Uh, and being a good teammate is helping your teammate out regardless of what it looks like, you know, whether it's positive or negative. So now here's a question. We all know that you've had some exceptional coaches through your whole life. And then you, you really hone in on culture, which we all believe is important. Or I think it's reflecting on your success, whether whatever you do, right? Business owner, coach, if you have a healthy culture, you have a better opportunity for success in many ways. So I, I would love to ask you is how do you feel in, 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 in that field, you know, your, your coach, how do you feel like the culture has shifted from when you were playing at that same age? Or has it shifted? Or have you adapted in, in different ways as it shifted? Um, well, I always talk about old school principles. <laughs> right. Uh, they don't graduate. They don't die. Um, regardless of time, uh, discipline is discipline. Character is character. Uh, no matter what. I mean, we didn't have social media. Uh, we just didn't get the information fast enough. We just actually saw it, you know, live. <laughs> we didn't have to, we didn't have the replication of how many people, you know, did this. Because right. if you go on TikTok or any social media and you, you can see it, you can yeah. see all these things and it's replicated multiple times. And of course, our brain is a sponge. So when we see it enough, we feel like, hey, I can do that. Uh, when we were coming up, you know, you you saw it maybe once, and then you may have saw it twice, uh, but that was probably it um, because we didn't have the national news, you know, more right. local. Um, and so it's just, I don't think things have changed. Times have changed. Mm. Um, mindsets have changed because we progressed in a positive way uh, from some of the old school, old school thought process of it has to be this way it doesn't always have to be that way, um, but there are ways that you can find, you know, whatever it is that you're doing to be the best uh, you can be. Um, but, you know, I have fun with the kids. I've had to grow um, as, a, as a leader. Um, you know, we have exit exams, I mean, exit meetings after the season. And, you know, they've told me things that I need to grow in as, as, as a coach and uh, as coaches. And we challenge them as well uh, to be able to grow in certain areas. And so it's just, you know, a give and take. Um, but old school principles, discipline, character, uh, work ethic, those things don't change. Yeah. So I was going to ask on, on that question real quick. Um, can you take us a little bit further back to your childhood years? Before you go there, yeah. let's follow this line. So. I guess one of the questions then I would ask you on that is, um, it sounds to me like the fundamentals that you're deploying to these kids, they're the old school tactics, right? Like, because those things are, are tried and true. Discipline, uh, showing up on time, like being consistent. Um, and you're now dealing with an evolving group of kids that are living in an evolving world. And what I'm hearing you say is, is like, their times are very different than what your times were. So the pressures are different. What would you say is the number one thing that they've taught you uh, just as a, as a man who's learning and growing as a coach? I mean, what, what would you say that you've kind of taken away from this the most? Well, um, you know, one of the things that I've 
learn uh, from them is just, you know, listening to them uh, in the sense of, um, you know, allowing them to have a voice in situations. But, of course, a lot of that's earned, just yeah. like anything else. Uh, so we've, we're working to help our leaders, the guys that have put the time in. Uh, we see them developing into uh, young men, uh, giving them leadership roles, um, listening to them from a leadership standpoint yeah. on what they may see or need, um, and then uh, applying it. Um, I think that's something, you know, I know when I was coming up, you really d felt like you didn't have a voice. Uh, as a player, meaning if you said something, you didn't know if it was going to get implemented or not. Um, but, I mean, I, I was blessed to be in that role yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, being a quarterback, being a point guard, uh, you got to ask questions. Uh, but I, I feel like sometimes those that may not be in those leadership roles don't have an active voice. And so being able to listen to the guys and if they, you know, for instance, I was a old school stickler on, you know, shoes. Okay. We, we felt, I felt like we had to have the same color shoes. Everyone wore the same <laughs> shoes. I, I get Don't that. Get fine. Don't get fined. Don't get fined. I get that. You know, that's just, yeah. that's just the way I was. Yeah. And then a few years ago, uh, the guys just asked me, Coach, can we have, you know, different color shoes? Um, and I was like, well, sure. That's awesome. But it came with respect. If we're going if we're going to do this, we're going to win. We're going to win. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. you know, we're not going to just be willy-nilly with those right. things cuz I, you know, I see it as a discipline a discipline deal. Um, you know, coordinating. Right. But of course in this day and age, coordination, they're wearing different color shoes uh on the same you know, one one on the right, one on the left, and I'm asking like why you have on two mismatched <laughs> colors? <laughs> I've seen so I've seen that. No, 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 coach. Like, listen, I I go to my wife's or my daughter's a cheerleader uh, right now at Deer Lake, and both of them are. And I go to the games for basketball, and I'll see a, like teammates have switched shoes. So like one teammate has one shoe, and the other has the other. And in my head, I was like, well, that's interesting. Did he buy two shoes? No, they're swapping as teammates. Shoes. Well, to piggyback off that one, I found out that, yes, they may do that, uh -huh. but they actually sell them. Really? Like that. Mismatched. I had no idea. Where they have That's different weird. colors in the same box. And I'm like, how's that? I had no that? idea. It, meanwhile, when I grew up, I just, whatever we can afford, sometimes it, they did, I had no choice to That's put on funny. whatever I had. And sometimes in, in you had different colors. You had different colors. I just couldn't afford it. We were just in a different yeah. situation. That's funny. Now you can, now you have a choice. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. So those are things I've learned, you know, just. I love it. Because I, because when I was coming up middle school, high school, you know, when we, we all purchased the same shoes. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Whatever you felt like you were part of a team. And so that was old school, but they make it got me to a point where I'm like, hey, whatever you want to wear, shoes wise, whatever it is that we need to do, uh, whether it's Adidas or Nike, whoever it may be, yeah. Um, I just want you guys to be prepared to play. Yeah, uh, you're buying. Yeah, and those types of things oh, outside cool. of you know what you're wearing and. And all of that. I mean, we have to be uniformed in some way, but 
I just, I'm just like, hey, <laughs> let's let's go out here and play and compete. Okay. As uh, long as you're doing what you're supposed to do, um, we're we cool. Sorry. So, so uh, Isaac had a really good question. He's getting back to some of your roots on, you know, the 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 method of the man and where he comes from. Go ahead, man. Well, no, no. I was gonna say before that. <laughs> now on that note, okay. last night it was cool. We actually I, I had a chance to listen to Houston Nutt, Tallahassee Quarterback Club, and he shared about when he used to, when he was a coach how he got buy-in right um, and listening even even I mean he's he's coached years ago Houston Nutt and and he was talking about how one day uh, I forgot he described the heat index it was 100 and something degrees and and he got out in the field and all his players were complaining that you know in the training room they were just miserable and they get out into the field they're really miserable and what have you and um and he was describing that as they were in the field, he just he just got this this inclination to really ask the the, the players, "Hey, um, take off your pads." And so these players are just like taking off their pads on the sideline. They're just like, "Okay, what's going on?" And everybody's getting excited. It was like they had shorts under, and they're like, "All right, take off you know your 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 pad uh, your your pants or whatever." You're. So they did that, what have you? And anyways, they got to a point that they were just uh, in their shorts. And said, and coach said that he walked him across the fields, uh, the campus to the pool. And then it was a hundred and something degrees. No, <laughs> and then he said, no, he said, when he got there, he got there, and they just jumped in. And these kids, he said, it changed the whole yeah. environment. And then the next day, he cashed in. <laughs> the next day, he said that he worked these kids out. He said, now I need buy-in. I need you guys. And they did. They said that they listened. And the very next day, they had a different attitude, right? Because he was able to pick up, he didn't ask them, but he was able to pick up on on what their needs were and how receptive they were once he, he met those needs. It, it, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, that's a good point. You know, when you talk about the successful coaches, uh, they're the ones that um, change things up. Yeah. You know, they do yeah. have structure. Uh, they do have all the things that you need to be successful, uh, but they're not so <laughs> rigid Rigid yeah. to the point where they're not willing to do those types of things, uh, spontaneous uh, types of activities. Uh, but, I mean, you, you know, when there, where there's love and people feel yeah. that you love them and care for them um, and you do whatever it takes to uh, meet their needs, then there's buy-in. Yes. I mean, yeah, you think yeah. about your kids. You yeah. think about how you were raised in some form or fashion. Um, you know, when your parents bought your ice cream, <laughs> you enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. But you knew, okay, they love me. Yes. Because I mean, not. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But dairy free though. Dairy yes. free. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. No, we don't. We don't do dairy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, growing up, that, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, something yeah. totally no, yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying, you know, there's buy-in. Yeah. Uh, you see the sacrifice. When someone makes a sacrifice, it provides an opportunity for someone else to develop and grow. And so, you know, when I saw my parents, you know, sacrificing for mm -hmm. us, I mean, <laughs> we, there's buy-in. Yeah. Uh, to that they love us and we want to make sure that we're doing what we need to do to be successful as well. I love that because it's almost like, look, if I see my parents hustling to afford me the opportunity to play a sport or to get even to get there, just their time driving me there, 
when I show up to practice on that practice. Like I'm giving it what I've got because I know that that person fought to make it possible for me. I think a lot of kids nowadays, they don't look and they don't see that. And I actually had this conversation with my daughter the other night because she's in competitive chair, at cheer, sorry, and they, you know, their practices end at 9.30 at night. Mm. And then she came home last night. She was doing homework uh, till like 11.30 at night. And so she understands the priority and what's important. But what she forgets on occasion is your mother and I are modifying our dinners. We're working mm. odd hours or doing whatever we have to do to get you back and forth from these. And drop off your friends because carpooling, just you, you have to because yeah, right. it's too much, right? Mm. And I feel like... Um, you said a couple of things that, that that resonate with me, and I think I draw it back to like leadership. I always hear people say, well, what style of leadership do you have? And I've always said, no, 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 I think you misunderstood how this works. You know, it's as if you have a, a, a quiver of arrows, and there are many different types of leadership. The key, and this is what I think when I see somebody like you, Charlie, is when I see a super dynamic leader, or somebody who's been really effective, so, like, if mo if you don't know this and you're listening or watching Florida High, um, Charlie took them to a state championship. I mean, it's not like he y you came in and you you created a culture, but you created a culture of excellence that could actually achieve it. Creating a culture of excellence that can actually achieve it, like that's that's a whole other thing. And it's I think it stems back to emotional intelligence. I think it stems back to, and this is your story about the pool. Yeah. Being able to read the hearts and the minds of the individuals, the young men that you're working with, know when they're hitting a limit, know when you need to take a step back, know when you need to do directive le leadership and delegate in high stakes moments. Hey, you're getting the ball. You're moving this way. Or knowing I can take a democratic approach, ask one of the leaders, what do you think? And, and I think like a dynamic leader understands that there's not one type of leadership there's situational leadership. There's multiple types of leadership. Yeah. But it's that emotional intelligence that people like yourself, Charlie, and, and, and if you watch old clips of you playing football, you could see it. You'd drop back into the pocket. Here comes somebody like they're getting ready to hit you. You'd spin off, and it's like, do I throw, do I run? We had these mm. epic throws to somebody that was open, but you had the, the side, you know, you had the vision on the field to know, boom. You know, there's work done or, or, or whomever, and, and they take off down the field. Like when you played uh, FSU versus UF back in the day, I think that was the year that you won the Heisman. It, it was interesting. Like as I was doing research to just better understand you, it was pretty neat to see like this guy is a super emotionally intelligent individual. And I guess one of the questions I'd ask you is, do you feel like that's – have you ever looked at yourself in that way? One and two. Do you feel like that's what helps you be more dynamic with these with these athletes? I'm not sure. Emotional. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about that part. I'm, yeah. I mean, we all have a different types of emotion. Yeah. Um, but my DNA has always been a reserve in a lot of ways. Mm, okay. Um, whether I'm throwing touchdowns or I'm throwing interceptions, which I did a lot. Uh, my, my junior year, <laughs> um, and I had to, you know, learn from that yeah. by, you know, going through it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times those are the moments that help you develop. Uh, but my faith did play a big part uh, in how I responded uh, to criticism. Glad I wasn't on, we, right. we didn't have social media right. at that time. <laughs> or talk radio, a lot of talk radio. I'm sure I got talked about negatively. 
uh, doing that 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 stretch. Uh, but you know, when it's all said and done, my parents always taught me about humility yeah. uh, growing yeah. up, and you know, one of the things was you know just stand in the middle, you know, even kill yeah. because there's be highs, there be lows, uh, and you can't react. I mean, your react, of course, reaction, right? You know, normal reaction will happen at some point, but you just have to understand and know that when it's all said and done, you have to put the work in, see how you can get better, uh, learn from the whatever situation it was, um, and you know, keep it moving. So, would you say that your your faith played? You said earlier about your faith. Would that be your anchor? Like even when you had your highs and lows, because you are, and, and much like Rick was just describing, and as long as I've known you, man, you, you're a uh, you're a force to be reckoned with, and not in a loud way, right? Where there's a lot of people that's a, that that's think, a great way of saying it. There's a lot of people that try to lead and try to be extra vocal and have all this this drama around them, right? And 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 that's not the case with you. Right, people don't. I don't see that. I've known you for, like I said, for years now, and it's like you lead in a really, in a powerful way, which is which is a gift as well. Yeah, I mean, we all have different leadership styles. Correct. Um, and mine has always been that way, uh, where I didn't. Uh, I sat back and watched a lot. Uh, that's yeah. That's where a lot of things you can see uh, when you're watching and listening. And so that plays a big part in just whenever you speak, in my case, whenever I spoke, people knew that it was coming from a genuine place uh, for the most part. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do it for selfish gain or in any form or fashion, but it was just how can we continue to move forward and get better uh, through whatever it was. Um, and, you know, I also lived, lived a certain lifestyle, wasn't perfect, like none of us are. Um, and, you know, when I made mistakes, you know, own up to them. And when other people made mistakes, you know, you encouraged them yeah. uh, to continue to get better. But it wasn't consistent. I mean, it wasn't all the time. Yeah. Um, but because people have to learn just like you learn. Um, and we also lead from the standpoint of how we see things. Um, my wife, for instance, uh, she's a great leader, uh, but she's very, very detailed. Okay. So she is, <laughs> she's on everybody um, about the small details. <laughs> Which we um, need in our lives. Right, Amen and that. so that is her leadership style. That's awesome. And, and so that is, once you know that, then you come to expect that. There's just a different form of leadership um, I'm bottom line type guy, you know, and <laughs> I give you like the, some details, but I won't give you like every line. Right. Um, and that's just my my leadership yeah. style. And I, some people have to fill in the blanks with me because I want to give people room to be able to say, you know, you can do it your way in a sense. Like it. Um, but that's my leadership style. You know, I'm, I'm about delegating, working to delegate. Uh, I've learned to delegate even more uh, now. Uh, but being able to help, and that helps also coaches uh, get to a point where when their time comes to become the, the head guy, uh, they'll have some form of, 
understanding of what it what it's going to take. So being able to delegate some of those uh, duties to those coaches uh, helps helps them develop and grow. Can I? I'm going to go back to the the question I was going to try to yeah. um, ask early, but I want to ask a little bit different. Um, three pivotal moments in your life. One younger years, one in your college years, and one as an adult. Can you think of younger years, uh, a a pivotal moment in your life that you're just like, great question. This is this is the way that I'm going, or this is what I truly believe. Something that shaped you as a young individual. Um. Well, in high school, <clears throat> my uh, first after my freshman year of basketball. Um, Going into, I was getting ready to play baseball. I ended up having a knee injury uh, that sidelined me. And at the time, um, they didn't know what it actually was. They thought it might have been cancerous, uh, a, a, can a tumor. Um, but come to find out, it was just a chip bone um, that I had in my knee. But it sidelined me for two springs. My right up from my freshman year, and then I re-injured it again um, going into the spring, the next spring. Um, I was a punter during the football season, my sophomore year in high school. I did see that. Um, I, I was a punter and quarterback um, throughout high school. Yeah. Uh, but I was supposed to be the starting quarterback my junior year, I mean, my, sorry, my sophomore year, uh, but I was injured. So they relegated me to just punting. Um, and my sophomore year, I was after football, I went to basketball and was went up for a layup and came down on my knee and shattered the bone uh, that they felt, they thought had knitted back, uh, but it didn't. So I ended up shattering, had to go and have another surgery. Uh, but that was a great uh, time for me because it gave me a chance to see what athletics didn't look like uh, what it didn't look like in my life because that was my focus um, I have a book out called the athlete and it's <laughs> real because I if I could not go to school and be an athlete uh, in kindergarten that 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 would have been me um, I didn't really enjoy school uh, I just did it because I knew that was my only way of playing um, and so I just kind of went through the motions. Uh, but during that time when I had my injury, I ended up doing a science project on my injury and uh, ended up doing, doing a science fair, entering a science fair, and won third place. Really? So that helped me to... Um, understand from an academic standpoint that I was capable of doing great work, uh, which was very pivotal, pivotal for me because at the time, that wasn't my thought process. Mm. I was just going through emotions. And of course, my faith grew uh, as well uh, during that time, people helping me through it because you can only imagine something that you enjoy being taken away uh, so I was grateful for all those that came into my life to help me from a emotional standpoint, uh, mental standpoint, to keep me in the mix. And, of course, I was around it because my dad was the coach, and 
I was going to games and doing different things to keep my mind, you know, occupied. That was one. Um, College-wise, you know, one of the things that um, my freshman year, uh, I got an opportunity to punt, be, be the punter. And throughout that year, I punted, and we came down to the last game, which was the bowl game. We were the Fiesta Bowl, and I didn't get an opportunity to punt, but I enjoyed the experience. Um, it was a whole nother <laughs> deal. Uh, but after we got back, I was at a uh, FCA rally, um, and I think it was over in Mariana. We went to ask to go over and speak, uh, be a part of a huddle group over there. And there's while we were in the huddle group, there's this young man that was in the huddle group. And he was sharing his story about, you know, his his where he was in his life and things get I think it might have been in middle school at the time. And, you know, after we finished, um, I ended up giving my Fiesta Bowl jersey to this young man. And and it was crazy because I just did it because I felt there was a need for him. Um, he didn't ask for it. I just gave it to him because I thought it would help lift him up. And lo and behold, um, about maybe four years ago, I think it was, four, four or five years ago, Hugh Freeze was here in town speaking um, at an FCA uh, event. And... I, I happened to be there because I was, you know, wanting to hear he freeze. And this lady comes up to me during the dinner. And she said, um, do you remember uh, giving a young, a young man uh, your jersey uh, during an FCA rally? And I was like, yes, ma'am, I do. She's like, that was my son. Mm. And you giving him that jersey was the best thing they could have done to help him because he was going through tough time awesome. uh, during that time. And that was very pitiful in my life because I did it out of the grace of my heart. Mm. And it's amazing. I, one of the things when I go out and speak is, you know, when we're doing things the right way and our heart is, doing, is going in, is, is, uh, in the right place, then God would definitely use it in some form of fashion. Amen. Some form awesome. of fashion. Yeah. And so even if things don't go according to plan, but our heart is right, God's going to reward us in some way. Uh, may not be right now, mm. but it may be later on. Um, and so that was another time that was very, very pivotal uh, in my life to say, you know, when you talk about sacrifice, when you talk about mm -hmm. sacrifice, it provides opportunities for others to be winners. That's awesome. Uh, which is so. Uh, when you sow into people's lives, that's what happens. Um, and then as a professional, you know, just being able to uh, give back the resources uh, that were afforded me um, to others. You know, I talked about, you know, Slam and Jam and Jubilee. I talked about Marshall Dimes. Um, our foundation, all the things that we, we were able to support. Uh, but 
you know, being able to, you know, have an Im make an impact on the, you know, brothers on our team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that we, we were able to establish, not me personally, but we got together and boldly did it, was we went, we went and prayed in the middle of the floor at mm -hmm. Madison Square Garden. It was something that, awesome. that was, uh, that was not tough, but it was something that we collectively thought was very good. Um, we started, you know, I started praying, we started praying before games yeah. and before every game, we just, we let everybody pray uh, that wanted to pray. So we started delegating uh, guys to step up and pray and guys who you wouldn't get to come to a Bible study uh, on the road, but you, they didn't mind praying before the games. I was just asking them to pray. So just working to make, cause mo everyone, at least at some point in time, if yeah. in that situation where they had to pray. Um, and so it was just a matter of getting those guys out of their comfort zone. And it was it worked wonders in a lot of ways because what it did was it brought us together, one. And two, um, they could trust that my heart was in the right place. So whenever they needed something, uh, God would send them my way. Um, not just my way, but you know they would come to want to ask questions yeah. and be able to share you know what God has done in my life and how He can help them as well. So just being able to do your part that that's always been my message is I'm one of mm. Ooh, uh, of like a team that. and I'm just doing my role. When I play my role and everyone plays their role, that's when we have great success. You know what I love about this? And Isaac, I know you, as a man, I know you'll agree with me on this. Charlie, The it's neat when you ask somebody who's accomplished what you've accomplished. Yeah. Okay? I mean, the list is out there. And you've got trophies to just, you could, you know, you could throw trophies at us. You could drop names. You could... I could walk behind you with a broom and, and, and just continue to fill a trash can. Or only one person that achieved one it, success. Right. You have. So you've got all of this, okay, <laughs> that the world looks at. And I'm a big, I'm a key proponent of being observant. And for the youth that are listening to you speak today, I want to point something out about what you just said. Isaac asked, and, and thank you for asking. That was a brilliantly asked question. Because what it, what it enabled us to do is help listeners hear what a godly man sounds like when he looks at his accomplishments or her accomplishments or their accomplishments in their life. You didn't say one thing about football. You didn't say one thing about basketball per se. Like it's not, this, awesome. this wasn't about how many touchdown passes you threw. This wasn't about the Heisman Trophy. This was about this one act of kindness that you did because you felt like it was the right thing to do to impact a person's heart and the joy and fulfillment you got later in life by seeing that that was meaningful to a person. I was that is beautiful. No, I was literally thinking the same thing. Yeah. That way your three pivotal moments were one, despair was a, a, a young age. You, you what am I going to do with this what, challenge? What am I going to do with this challenge? And, and what you did, you actually responded Right. Yeah. In college, he sat in that in that moment and was like, "This isn't what I I don't want to be. I want to move past this." Yes, and it has nothing to do with the accolades that you receive, but yeah. it has everything that God has called you, like you said, and placed you in these moments where you actually served. And even later in life, in your professional career, everything you said was about giving back. 
And I've often thought, like, it's funny. We all get caught up in the rat race of, of money. And I get it. I know we need money to pay bills. And we need money to do good things for others sometimes. Serving, uh, Isaac's really good about this. He, he serves with his hands a lot. You know, and, and it's not money-based. He'll just get people together and do a good thing for people, which I, which I find admirable. So it's not all about money. But it does help to have the money. And so what's interesting is, is it's like, I guess if you're listening to this, um, I really want to draw back as we're kind of rounding this out, just because mm-hmm. our time's kind of coming to an end. Is like, but don't forget, we want to talk like we the will. last five minutes sports. We will, but but Charlie, <laughs> you said you know earlier that it's if your heart is in the right place and you're doing the right thing, good things are going to come. And it's almost as if you applied yourself. I've heard countless people say like cursing isn't your thing. Like, you're clean inside and out. You're consistent inside and out. Um, you care about people, people first. Mm-hmm. And good things have come in your life as a result. And I want to bring this up because the, the, the modern-day social media, um, Charlie Ward is, is, um, is, is like the kind of a beacon of light in, in the context of what I'm about to say. Uh, Gordon Ryan is big in jiu-jitsu. Uh, there's athletes that, and even Deion Sanders, I, which I'm not throwing judgment. I'm just simply saying you've got these athletes who are kind of like very flashy. Uh, they're loud, uh, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a way that they just know is going to get them more likes or more follows on social media, which is going to help them uh, from a business case, right, because it draws attention. Um but then you've got these other highly credible, highly accomplished individuals who are leading with their heart, who just maybe aren't as flashy. Maybe they're more reserved, but they're the model citizens that we want our children to follow. And because they're not as flashy, not all, you know, people don't always get to see that uh, unless you're doing what you're doing and serving in a way that you're a coach and you're putting yourself out there. So I think it, the, the, it w- it's beholden to people like us who are doing something like Noble Path Ventures to get this out there, mm-hmm. to bring people like you, Ch- Charlie, in and say, hold on a second, look at what this man has accomplished, hasn't been the flashiest, hasn't used negativity and all this garbage that they're throwing around on social to, to generate notoriety. This is just a solid man who's doing good things for people. And he may not be the flashiest, so you may not hear about all of it. So it's on us to make sure that people do get to hear it, do get yeah. to see it. Because what you're doing is amazing, um, and I just want to make sure that the kids, the young people, and even the older people who are listening to this right now, I want to make sure they're connecting those dots. Like, you don't have to be that toxic person who's pushing all this stuff to get notoriety. You don't have to be the loudest person on the team. You can be that young man who looks up with respect at the older person and says, hey, I want to challenge you to be the man I know you can be. You know, I love that. And, and, and just to add on that, I, I'm reminded yesterday, so we do this thing where we do a, a teacher recognition where mm-hmm. once a month I, I go around and uh, we they nominate a teacher for a classroom. And then we go with a, a local company called Conice. Shout out to Conice here at Tallahassee. Yeah, good. And, and what we do is we surprise them. And we have words of affirmation. We have the class just hyped up and everything else. And just yesterday, one of the, the, one of the teachers that was nominated, she's been teaching for over 30 years. And she said these words to me. Sometimes you just go unnoticed. Sometimes you don't realize how far yeah. what I do actually goes. And then you get these nuggets, yeah. moments. Yeah. And those are, I think, much what you're saying, Rick, and those listening out there, your mom or your dad, and you're just going, 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 and you're serving. Sometimes you feel like probably nobody's watching you. That's, that's a good point. Right? 
And maybe you want to quit. Yeah, and maybe you want to quit. But it's, 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 and Charlie, what you said earlier about the heart, right? When you're having the heart in the right place, you might not feel it. But man, God's placed you and putting you in a position where he is going to use you and in lives of others, right? And you might see the benefits of that, you know, years down the road. Yeah. I mean, that happens, you know, a lot. Yeah. Uh, people f- do great deeds and they feel like it's going unnoticed. Yeah. Um, and they continue to do them. Um, and sometimes they stop because they feel like just wasn't it, no impact. Yeah, they're not they're not do, uh, making an impact, as you mentioned. Um, but one of the things we I always talk about when I go out to speak is, you know, we we got to make sure we're pleasing the audience of one, Amen. which yeah. is our heavenly Father. Um, and when we have that single focus, uh, He will provide all the necessary notifications. <laughs> and things that we need uh, to be able to thrive. Um, and it may be 30 years. I talk about this, yeah. you know, as well. And I talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, it may be instant. Like, at that moment, you get noticed. Uh, but it may be 30 years. Yeah. You know, but that doesn't mean you stop doing what you're doing uh, to make an impact because within those 30 years, there's someone, if you're doing great deeds, there's someone that you're impacting. Um, I talk about this all the time with our with our athletes, is, you know, everyone's watching. Like, someone's watching you. Mm-hmm. Regardless yeah. of who you are. So you're leading someone. Come on. You know, <laughs> whether you're a high school student, yeah. elementary school student, there's always someone that's watching you. Um, and your actions. And as adults, our kids are watching us all the time, so we have to be mindful of that. Um, and you're like, well, where did you get that from? Well, sometimes <laughs> yeah. you have to look in that mirror. Oops. <laughs> that's where it came from. And, and so you have to reflect on the things that you may be saying. I mean, I think about the things my parents used to say to us. Right. You know, we still remember <laughs> those those. Um, those phrases. Um, and so I just think it's something that we all have to be mindful of is, you know, we're making an impact on somebody. Mm, yeah. You know, what kind of impact are we making? That's I love it. Like so how are you using, oh, I'm sorry, like how are you using the gifts that God's gifted us with, right? right. It's accountability, responsibility. Yeah. 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 So can we have a fun minute real quick? Because Michael has been dying to ask you some sports-related questions yes. as it relates to the current FSU football team. Um, hit him. Let's see it. <laughs> can the listeners hear you because you're not in the mic? All right. All right. Go ahead. Was that, are you being, uh, now, no, you're being I, nice I, to Charlie here, we're being, I'm kidding. <laughs> right. Is it dual threat? Is that what they call it? Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, there were mm-hmm. four, but I mean, there was plenty of people. 
where you had the no huddle. Yeah. Right. So you had yeah, or or you have this yeah. But like that being what is the thing about that being like so let's say like Miami What is it about that being <laughs> not terrible? Yeah, I was like that's an aggressive They've only lost two games. Odell said this Odell said this real quick last night he, he showed up at the quarterback club and Odell said hey because somebody made a comment about records and he said he looked at them he looked at the crowd and he said guys his record yep that's exactly what he said yeah. last night records are out the window you played in those games so like what is it about that game like even if I mean I'm saying like maybe Miami's terrible and they were winning <laughs> <laughs> or vice versa. I mean, really yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but, but in terms of like, let's say Miami was like, oh, uh, number one in Miami. But they're going to play for a Stadia Cup. Right? Like, so what, yeah. like, what is it? Yeah. What are we, what are we asking? What are, do you, do you think they're going to win? Like, what are we asking? I'm, I'm asking like, what is it about that Because they key our cars after the game. <laughs> that's why. Uh, that's good. That's a good question. What's the heart behind of the rivalry? Yeah, I mean, we nine to three season was. Uh, I mean, it was not different, but as I talked to my players. Uh, a lot is a lot about is you know when you execute at a high level, uh, the the score reflects it. Yeah. Mm. Um. And so if you're playing oh. a team that you're much better than, the, the score will be yeah. You know, seven to seven, um, or fifty six to seven. Um, but if you're playing a team that's competitive, just like you, then the games are going to be close. Um, but if you execute at a high level. You're gonna win the majority of those games. That's what the good teams do. Um, and so I, when you're playing against Miami, you talk about the rivalry. Essentially, I mean, it's like if you're super competitive um, and you ha have a neighborhood. Uh, I talk about this when I go out to speak a lot. Is you know during my time growing up, our games were going to compete <laughs> against other neighborhoods. In sports, yeah, that was our game. Right, you know, we would That's a get big our deal. Group, we would get our group of yeah of of uh, players from this my neighborhood the, to yeah. go and play against you know the next group across the street. Straight bragging rights. Um, and so that was like our deal. And when you talk about the rivalry, um, during the course of it, you want to win the game. But afterwards, you go back to your neighborhood. But you're still friends because yeah. you're walking down the street and you're going by their houses, mm. um, and so that was very was very similar to how this these robberies are. Because it's Florida on Florida. Because it's most times you play with the same 
or you play with some of these guys also in this day and age they have recruiting where you're yeah, on the recruiting uh, trips with a lot of the guys that yeah. you're competing against that go to Miami and so it's all these different battles of uh, friendly battles uh, but nonetheless you know the game is the game and you know if you're more talented and you execute at a high level uh, the best team's going to win, and that's shown in all these rivalry games um, at some point in time. And then you have the outlier uh, where one team plays over their head and they're able to, you know, win the game because they made the least amount of mistakes and made the most plays during the course of it, and that's happened, you know. So just as a f kind of a comedic wrap-up, did you guys watch the Jordan documentary? I think it was in the Jordan documentary where somebody asked him, they said, and this is kind of what I was expecting, Charlie, when he asked you that question, is they said to Jordan, they're like, hey, who would have won? The, the, the Bulls team of your era or LeBron's team today? And Jordan looks at him and he's like, well, we would have won. And he's like, okay, by how much? He goes, four points. And the guy stops and he's like, man, four points? That's it? And Jordan was like, yeah, man, I'm old. <laughs> He's like, and the dude was, dude was like, I thought you were talking about old Jordan. He's like, no, nah, man, I'll still beat him. I, you know, I was at, like, at this age. <laughs> well, Real quick, on that, on that Miami question, and then a little bit, and we don't have to go deeper into that because we're wrapping up here. Yeah. Um, but your, your, your observation, of course, and I'm sure you've gained this question a lot here recently about Coach Norvell and the team that we currently have right now, and what do you feel about this game coming up this, this Saturday? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Coach Norville is, uh, you know, he's the right man for the job for sure. Uh, we've seen that. Um, you know, I've supported all the coaches yeah. um, that's come through uh, just because if they're going to be representing, you know, the Seminoles, uh, then I'm going to support them. Uh, and Coach Norville is, you know, he's been all that we expected. He's detail-oriented. He's built the culture to where it's respectable. Uh, they respect one another. Um, those are the things that you look at. I can care less about the the, the wins and losses in my book. I, I look more at how he's treating players, yeah. players how the players are responding, um, because I see a lot of what we did um, when we were coming up, you know, just the culture of it, I should say. Real quick, and then the coaches too, right? Because that's one thing I'm realizing that not only are the players bought into Coach Norvell, and you can you've had, <laughs> and you can speak to this in terms of having one of the best coaches ever, but then the coaches buy in as well for that culture. I, no, I mean, like as I mentioned, you know, stability plays a big part, and that was one of the things that was kept our success you know, going during the time I was at Florida State was we had great stability. Coach Bowden, and then you had the long <laughs> coaching tree um, that was there. They were there for like 25-plus years, mm. uh, a, a lot of the coaches. And so that's how you are able to sustain success in any form. You know, when I keep talking about businesses, yeah. uh, you know, whatever it may look like, organizations – when you have instability in leadership, then you can't <laughs> expect yeah. the product to be, mm -hmm. you know, well, consistent. Yeah. Uh, but when you have stability, 
even if it's, you know, mediocre, you can continue to build upon that if you have the same thought processes, if you have the same voices, same, you know, culture building type uh, model uh, in place. It's hard when you start having different people come in and say, well, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it this way two years later. And now the product is confused, yeah. and that's what you get. But when you start getting stability across the board, um, and Coach Nova's been here, I think, four years now, um, you know, you're starting to see the byproduct of his ability yeah. to keep guys, coaches included. You know, he's he's had some, yeah. some a little turnover, but uh, it hadn't been a significant to the point where you know, we've had a different voice. Right. You know, talking about from an offensive standpoint, defensive standpoint, um, you know, those voices have been the same. The system has been the same for the past four years. And so you're starting to see it now where – That consistency set in. Correct. Mm, yeah. And, and so this team here is – of course, they have talent. Uh, one of the things he mentioned and one of the things we had was quality uh, backup. Um, mm, yeah. Which is Come what on. you need. Uh, because if one guy goes down, just like we had this weekend, this right. past weekend, two of our top wide receivers are down, and we had guys step up. Yep. Um, Ja'Kai Douglas being one, yep. um, step up. And Strong then bench. the tight end room, you know, carried their weight. And, of course, the trigger man, duck, I mean, you got to have that guy. Um, Jordan has been uh, amazing. Uh, the past couple of years, he's developed, you know, and he's heard all the noise. Uh, but he's developed over these last couple of years into the quarterback that we see. I mean, you saw the talent early on. Yeah. Uh, but he was a byproduct of instability. Yeah. You know, he's been here yeah. for, I think, six years now or whatever it is. Uh, but he's a byproduct of instability early on in his career. I mean, he had a couple, multiple offensive coordinators, uh, different things he had to work through. But once he started to get that stability, he understood the offense. He understood all the, the checks, all the different things. And now he's at a point where he can essentially run the offense. Yeah. Um, I say without the coaches, but you don't want to hear. They want to hear. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He knows, he knows the yeah. offense. Yeah, it's slowed. The game has slowed down for him now. Correct, and it's and of course it does help to have a good defense as well. Um, Coach Fuller and the staff have done a great job of uh, That's a developing. Big turnaround. Oh wow! But, I mean, the game has changed. You know, guys have gotten bigger, stronger. Yeah. You know, technology is different and faster. Um, yeah. and, and so that's changed. But from and you, of course, over the course of time, there's schematic things that you're going to do a little bit different. Um, but when it's all said and done. I mean, you got to have run fit on defense in the run game. You got to make sure that you're, you know, doing your assignments in the passing game on defense. And then offensively, you know, is lock the guy in front of you, throw and catch, yeah. uh, regardless of what it is. Um, so th those things haven't changed. I mean, execution-wise, you have still have to execute at a high level and, you know, make plays when plays are needed. Charlie, I got to be – so you're super busy, um, and I know you got to get to another meeting. The last thing we like to do is just throw one out for you uh, to talk to our community of people and basically say if there is a nugget 
if there's something you'd like to leave with, with the people listening to this to take away, you know, what would that be? Well, I mentioned it earlier, um, and I've talked about this, started to talk about this a little bit uh, more when I go out to um, speak is, you know, we got to sow, sow into people's lives, and that's uh, sacrifice so others can have opportunity to be winners. I love it. Well, thank you very much. Um, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for your time. And then also, yeah. as we're wrapping up, um, can you give our listeners and viewers, uh, I know we got some here on the screen, screen here, yeah. um, where they can find out more information yes. about your foundation and, and, and just where they can see and follow you? Uh, you can go to uh, charlieward.org. Okay. Um, they have all the information on there about our foundation, how you can get involved, be able to donate. Um, we we'll be sharing at our breakfast on tomorrow a big project that we're doing. Our foundation is embarking upon uh, for the community here in, in Tallahassee. Um, so you can go on and check that out on That's the awesome. website as well. Well, when you get once you release all that, if you want to come back on and talk about it, we'd love to have you again. Um, this has been an awesome experience. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Um, to the listeners out there, if you're trying to figure out uh, other ways to listen to us, we're on all the major uh, podcast outlets. So you can go to Spotify. You can go to Amazon. You can go to uh, Apple. You can go to all the different outlets. So please download, subscribe. Uh, you can find us also on YouTube. And uh, everyone have a great day. Yeah, we'll see y'all. Sure.